0: Alright, welcome to The Real Money Show. Darren Long, Jeremy Wiseman beside me, Vice President of Guildhall Wealth Management. We are without Paul this week. It's been a busy week. We're going to talk about why it's been so busy. We have the pleasure of speaking with Nomi Prins, and for those of you that don't know who Nomi Prins is, we will be talking and introducing her shortly in the second segment. We have a full interview with her today. We expect unbelievable things to come out uh, in terms of what she's seeing in the world economy, what she's seeing and how people are dealing with the threats that uh, are very persistent around the world economy right now. And we're going to be talking about gold and silver. It's been a busy week, Jeremy, in registered accounts this has been a buying opportunity of sorts that has been uh, a window of opportunity that's lasted a while now and allowed people the luxury of preparing themselves getting ready and all of a sudden we have this onset of people wanting to get rsps liras i did a lira this morning and there's a number of different accounts that have come in this week but we're going to talk about that as well now gold and silver have been trading and gave back a little bit of of their gains from last week in a zone that we've seen and become familiar with both metals in a very decent spot for you as a buyer and uh, continuing to show support we call it filling the gaps folks and in a bull market where both metals are expected to advance it's very healthy to see these pullbacks followed by higher highs so our expectations will be that both gold and silver will have maybe one or two weeks of breathing time as they slowly migrate back towards those $17 to $18 range in silver and $13.30 to $13.50 in gold, and then anyone's guess as to how fast and how far both metals go. Certainly the time of year tells us that over the past span of around 40 or so of these years, that both gold and silver have been fantastic buying opportunities this time of year and moved ahead in the short term. And on the heels of that, Jeremy, it's been a busy week. What's been your experience with respect to registered accounts? I know we've had a flurry of them coming in, a lot of activity happening what's What are people saying what are they doing what are they buying?
1: yeah we're seeing some
0: more transfers
1: we're seeing people who want to move uh, RSPs from a current existing account over to uh, we work with Questrade uh, for the acquisition of additional precious metals. I think that's more of a theme that we're seeing and we we do see unfortunately we see some pushback in in some of those areas where some investment companies just don't want to let go of the, what their of their customers in that respect. It has been a really busy week, Darren, not just in the precious metals sphere. Investors are looking for those buying opportunities that they're they're getting right now. But we're also seeing a busy week in the financial sphere. We saw that. Deutsche Bank got slapped with a $205 million fine uh, for allegation that, that traders manipulated the foreign exchange market for surprise, years. Surprise. We saw JP Morgan also in the news um, that they agreed to pay $65 million, which, let's be honest, that's a, just a slap on the wrist, for manipulating a global interest rate benchmark. That's something we've talked about on the show, LIBOR, and, uh, you know, these... These penalties are just more examples that banks have bad behavior. And when we talk to Nomi Prins about her new book, Collusion, I think we'll we'll find out some more about how that, that behavior has just been part of the culture for a long time, but not necessarily going to be part of the culture
0: going forward. Can we still trust banks? I mean, Nomi will tell us what she thinks. And certainly this is of uh, great, great concern because going forward we're going to need those partnerships to stabilize economies in the world we're going to need to have those partnerships working but when you're pointing out the obvious which is that more and more banks are sweeping their garbage under the rugs and hoping that we'll eat the headlines the mainstream headlines that say nothing is wrong that all's well that we'll continue to do as we have done and that is continue to bulk up and already way overvalued stock market continue to buy up already way overvalued real estate and in the us back to square one in real estate they're again at those highs that they experienced prior to 2007 and the difference now is that there's less liquidity in the system for the individuals that are owning these homes meaning there's more debt and more borrowing happening in creative ways than has ever happened before and the Obvious question would be, well, why did banks let that happen again? It's not banks folks. It's going in different directions. The world's changing. Nomi highlights a number of these areas. She talks a lot about things that are of great interest to gold and silver and Jeremy, one of the things that I'm, I'm constantly, uh, concerned about for our clients is that they need to take the time to do the due diligence to understand that the wool is being pulled over their eyes, that assets like gold and silver are not just a price they're a value
1: and actually we just did an interview with terry hanlon who we work with as our wholesaler for precious metals he works globally with pretty much every single major mint and they have they're storing bullion in over 20 countries around the globe and uh after you know with his 35 years experience in the markets that's something that he's certainly come to the some come to the conclusion about and which is something that even Warren Buffett has said price is what you pay and value is what you get precious metals are just part of your portfolio we're not suggesting you should have 100% of your portfolio in precious metals but it's nice to have something that is a hard tangible asset That's something that you can store outside the banking system that has no counterparty risk. And I think, Darren, that's part of the reason why investors are looking to hold physical bullion in their RSPs, which is something that we offer. Now, what makes our investment so different and the strategy that we've created is we allow Canadians to hold physical precious metal in their registered account. And that includes not just your RRSP, not just a LIF or a RIF, our ESP which is great but also your TFSA this is an incredible opportunity to acquire silver which is currently undervalued in your TFSA physical hold it you can go to the vault personally audit your holdings you get an inventory report that shows that this product is held in your name and it's fully insured fully secured outside the banking system but held within your registered account Contact us at GuildhallWealth.com to learn more about that investment. And as you're listening to all of these banks that are that are being fined left, right, and center, and all of the bad behavior that they're that they're performing, you've got to think about ways to protect yourself long term.
0: And if you do think about those ways maybe gold and silver aren't the only opportunities that you have, but certainly history tells us they are among the best and the finest ways that you can add that wealth protection to your portfolio. The number, Jeremy one eight, seven, seven, eight silver. And as you just said, the website guildhallwealth.com. Now, when you're there at the website, I want people to take a look at what is free for them to get started. Number one, an investor kit. It can come by email, can come by a hard copy. The choice is yours. Number two, Get onto the mailing list. That means each week on Friday, usually you're going to get a copy of the Precious Metals newsletter that we send out to you free of charge in order to keep you up to speed on what we think are some of the best articles of the week discussing the markets at Broad and in many cases, diamonds of the week and also silver and gold happenings. That will also be the email that if you're on, will give you the heads up on promotions that we have. You were talking about registered accounts, Jeremy. I love sharing with our clients and potential clients the fact that no other firm in Canada that I'm aware of or that you're probably aware of does what we do in terms of the giveaways. We love people coming aboard. We love to help them get into the markets and our way of thanking them is for every 5,000 US they put into those registered accounts, whether it be a Lira, RSPs, spousal RSPs, TFSAs, any type of registered account, Anytime they do that, they're going to get one gram of gold up to a maximum of 10 for every 5,000 US they put in. Nothing is better than getting that full service, being held, having your hand held all the way through the entire process of opening up the account, coming into our office and meeting us, getting bullion that's tangible, that can be held, seen, touched. And uh, anytime you want to add or make changes by phone call, And then in addition, getting a nice thank you to know that somebody is watching out for you. And that's what we offer at Guildhall. It is full service. We are not your planners. We are not your advisors. You're going to leave that task to those you trust. But we are your experts in bullion. And that's exactly why people come to us at Guildhall Wealth.
1: And you know, you're getting on a $25,000 US investment, you're getting five grams of gold, which is worth over $250 at this point. And that not only goes to cover some incidentals like a trade fee of 1995, or your allocation of the actual physical bar, which is only $2 per bar. But now you're starting to get an additional uh, rebate against that as well. So, um, you know, look, premiums in the metals are as low as they've ever been. Uh, I've been buying gold since 2006. And I can tell you it's uh, less expensive to acquire it today in terms of a premium than it was when gold was trading at $600 an ounce. So it's a good opportunity to get into the market. And we believe here at Guildhall that everyone should have some liquid assets in their portfolio some tangible assets in their portfolio that you can easily uh, liquidate if need be but also to protect against inflation protect against all of the currencies that are that are just the the amount of money that's being created out of thin air conjured is incredible and it's tough on a day-to-day basis to notice it but you start to notice it when you go to buy a coffee and you go to the movies and you go out for dinner and you know you get your electricity bill or your insurance bill or you have to pay for tuitions this year you just see this creep up every year of 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 cost of doing business and while the government will say that interest uh inflations at 2% I think real-world inflation, the day-to-day lives that we're living is probably more like 5% or higher, which means every five years you're losing 25% of your purchasing power. means if you made $100,000 a year five years ago, you need to be making $125,000 five years later. And 10 years later, you need to be making $150,000. So you need something that's going to protect you long term and not just speculate into the market, not just jump into the newest thing necessarily, not that there's anything wrong with a little bit of speculation, but how do you also ensure your wealth long term? And the richest people in the world, the wealthy people in the world are moving into gold. Central banks are moving into gold and you need to follow the smart money. And that's why holding some physical in your RSP is such a good idea. Idea. Now, you can hold RSPs with multiple institutions. So you can open an account with with uh, Questrade, Guildhall will assist you with that, and still maintain all your other accounts, but start to build that gold and silver portfolio
0: today. Well, to do that, you got to call the number, it's one seven78 silver or you can venture over to the website, Guildhallwealth.com. Now, when we come back in second segment, the interview with Nomi Prince coming right up after uh, a few words from the advertisers. And it's going to what I think be is a wonderful opportunity for our people to get to know Nomi again, to have an opportunity to find out about her book, Collusion, which you're going to be talking about during that uh, interview, and to connect with somebody who has a real world experience with what the banking system is doing and telling us around the world. So when we come back, that and a lot more, we have uh, to jam pack into this real money show with guildhall wealth management you are listening on global news radio 640 toronto all right welcome back to the real money show we're back again from our advertising messages here and uh, very excited to be in the presence by phone with nomi prince now nomi prince is a renowned author journalist she's a speaker and tv commentator and she's joining us today on the real money show she's worked on wall street she was a senior managing director at bear stearns and a managing director at Goldman Sachs before becoming a very fierce advocate for regulatory reform and an educator through best-selling books, including It Takes a Pillage, All the President's Bankers, which we spoke about in our last interview, and now, this time around, the book called Collusion, which is a fantastic read, I highly recommend it, and we would like to welcome to the show, Nomi Prince.
2: Thank you so much for having me back on.
1: It's really great to have you and uh, to talk about the new book, Collusion. Um, It's a a fantastic book. I love the way it goes from country to country and just breaks down how they dealt with the crisis from 2008. And I think it's uh, really revealing that um, in 2008, for example, I like how you called the the, the Wall Street bankers rapacious and uh, that uh, somehow the the ECB and the, the DOJ and the Bank of Mexico somehow just ends up somehow demonstrating allegiance and they somehow become collaborators in an era of money conjuring, as you call it. Um, and that also you note that there is no plan B out there, that these uh, central banks just became part of it They don't really know how to get out of it. Um, They created a false sense of security, a narrative that everything is somehow normal. And uh, I was wondering if you can tell us a little bit or, or some of your observations or what some of the consequences that people can observe for themselves to understand that just how unconventional things really are, because there really is this false sense of security. What can we look to to say, no, no, this is not how it should be?
2: Well, I, I think the the easiest thing to look at, um, and I've been talking about this a lot very recently, because the Fed has um, started to raise rates. Um, like they started to in December 2015 by 25 basis points, um, but did another two uh, hikes this year and, and others along the way. Um, however, people's savings accounts. Um, At the largest institutions, that would be the big banks who are the cause of the financial crisis and to whom um, a multi-trillion dollar subsidy, this this money conjuring strategy, um, really provided their their own well-being, their own ability to have liquidity when they most needed it, to buy their own stock, to have their stock rise, to have their executives get paid and all of that. Um, They've not even given the benefit of the raise of rates in the United States to their own customers, to to the people that actually have um, the deposits or savings accounts in their own institution. So, uh, for example, you can open up an online bank Uh, savings account. um, Somewhere near where the Fed funds rate is right now, um, you know, it's between 1.65 to 1.9, depending on how much money you have. Um, Some of that's a zero balance. Um, And you can actually receive interest commensurate with the Fed. Um, However, if you have an account with any of these large institutions who receive so much help, um, you will not be getting anything near that, plus you'll be paying fees likely for that account as well. So that's just one example in everybody's probably home environment in some manner um, that, that shows the real um, benefit that this entire money conjuring, quantitative easing, you know, cheap interest rate policy started by the Fed and then uh, required by the Fed of all of the other major central banks has has really just hit home in so many different ways.
1: Yeah, and I think one of those things as well would would you agree is that people are just jumping into risky assets. They they're not they don't have that access to putting money in the bank and getting interest as you just said they're they're somehow normalized to take risk
2: that's right and the problem with with people for whom that money is kind of their own money, and and, and what I mean by that is if if you have savings or or you have wages, um, that's a one-to-one relationship between what you receive and and what you want to to invest that in and what your investment could could provide you, and if you invest in a savings account, i.e. you keep your money um, in a sort of more conservative fashion and you grow it, you compound interest and everything else, it used to be that that would actually um, provide some some wealth accumulation benefit with, with low risk, but you're right, what's happened is Um, Because rates have been so low, because there's been this real push um, by the financial community, by by corporations and so forth to borrow their way into um, more risky assets and to more aggressively play the the stock markets because the the, the cost of money is so cheap to them in order to do that. The result is that we have these bubbles in all of these markets, whether it's debt um, at the government level, the corporate level, emerging markets, people and so forth, whether it's, you know, stocks, which are um, to a large extent being purchased on the back of quantitative easing money, um, whether that's through share buybacks by companies or banks or whether that's, you know, purely through leveraging um, that cheap money into into those positions. Um, So we've seen, you know, real uh, yeah, sort of bubbles growing in, in so many different asset classes and those have risk because the the risk of a bubble is that it pops. I mean, that's just sort of, you know, the, the nature of, 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 of bubbles. That's that's why we, we use that euphemism is because bubbles can grow and bubbles can pop when bubbles pop, they tend to pop more quickly then they grow. So, so all of this chasing right now for riskier assets to provide returns that aren't available um, in more traditional places, um, you know, and creating all these bubbles also creates this sort of looming danger that when they pop, all of this sort of artificially uh, created money that the major players use and the real money that people um, are, are putting in on top of that um, can, can really uh, ultimately cause some massive losses to, to everyone along the way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We're, we 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 watch watch these bubbles growing. I want to return just a second to um the collusion that's happening between the banks because you you one of the major revelations for me when reading the book is you start to look at China and China then looks at at the US and says, "I how can they not have punished those banks?" And I think you you start to see this massive this massive shift happening around the globe, and and you talk a a little bit about populism in that sense, but can you talk a little bit about China's role in just being an outsider to what they observed and how they've responded as a result?
2: Yeah, I mean, it should be noted also that China just just very recently, um, you know, has has basically you know, throwing, or throwing the the, head, the equivalent uh, head of their insurance company that was like AIG, which was uh, one of the insurers for a lot of these big banks back in the financial crisis days that got bailed out in order so that the private banks that had worked with them could get bailed out. Um, you know, that guy has, has been given major repercussions and the companies were been given repercussions. And, and yes, we don't have that um, here. We didn't have that in the wake of the financial crisis nor in the aftermath. And, and so one of the things that I noted in, in, in China, and I, I spent a lot the time there as, as part of the research for this book is that, um, you know, they 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 really developed um, a criticism of Federal Reserve policy. This this idea of inflating asset bubbles, of not um, punishing or reforming or restructuring, or at least kicking out the heads of um, the institutions that had caused so much. Um, negativity to the, the not just financial system, but the economy of the United States, and by extension, at the time, the world. Um, and they didn't really feel that was <laughs> that 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 really made a whole lot of sense. So, in the very beginning of this of uh, this past decade, um, the head of the central bank of China, Governor Zhao, who's no longer there, he just retired, but he basically became very public in the. Um, in uh, the IMF forums, you know, throughout the world and, and so forth and criticizing this idea of not only not punishing these institutions, but rewarding them um, with, with more money and, and less restrictions and allowing them to, to grow and become bigger. Um, and, and as a result, uh, criticized the potential of that policy to create bubbles and, and what could happen if those bubbles pop. And that was one of the ways in which China really uh, took advantage of, the, of that policy um, to grow their own footprint in the world, not just economically, um, which they've done, but also from the standpoint of working with other countries who were, um, sort of critical as well of, of this policy and potentially being hurt, um, by even another financial crisis, and you say what could happen in the future, as well as what happened in the aftermath of this one, um, and started to work more and more together with like trade alliances and currency relationships and and everything else. So, so it, it it took the criticism into sort of action um, with respect to how um, you know it's repositioned itself as a global um, economy and also just you know sort of more of a global player in the monetary system. Now that's not to say that the Chinese ren has replaced. The dollar, by any means, I mean, there's a lot of talk about, you know, that potentially being the future. I mean, that's, that's not anywhere near where we're at. But, but certainly the criticisms um, of the dollar of the Fed of what the system here did from, you know, a regulatory and non-reform perspective um, have, have really um, echoed throughout the rest of the world, um, particularly non-G7 countries, um, and, and created more alliances between them as a result.
1: Yeah, it's, it's sort of, uh, I think, before this crisis, no one questioned the US reserve currency. And now I think that, that it, it's starting to be questioned is, is, is where we're going. It's not just a leap and a jump to a new world reserve currency. But it certainly starts to, you feel the, the tsunami coming of what could happen, you know, 10 years from now kind of thing.
2: No, that's right. I mean, all, all that's in play. And, and again, it was you know, it's the financial crisis and, and just the, the behavior towards the financial crisis i mean even today's fed um not that the fed has changed that much it just has a new chair um okay. you know it's is talking about um you're deregulating uh, banks even even further and that they're healthy and they're fine and everything else not understanding that the reason they are healthy and fine on the surface is because the fed has subsidized them uh for the past 10 years so so there remains a disconnect which again other countries i think um, you know, particularly ones that see themselves on a growth path are, are very cognizant
0: of. All right, we're going to take a small break. We've been tuned in to The Real Money Show here with Nomi Prins. The number to call is one eight seven seven eight silver The website is guildhallwealth.com. Nomi, for those that don't know already, was part of Wall Street. She was the managing director at Bear Stearns, managing director at Goldman Sachs. She has now become one of the world's most staunch and fierce advocates for regulatory reform. She's an educator. She has best-selling books. The one we're discussing today is Collusion, and her thoughts and more on precious metals when we return to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back once again to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. You have been tuned in so far to a wonderful interview with Nomi Prins. And she has a lot to say on the ways in which people can protect themselves and the relationship that gold and silver share with the central banking system. Let's get back into this, Jeremy. More questions to be had. And with us again is Nomi Prince.
1: One of the things as well that I noticed in, in within the book is this idea that how emerging economies get just beat up on their currencies all the time because of this event that they never asked for, that they didn't participate in, but now they're having to react to. And I, I, for us, I see a role of gold and silver in in that response. We were actually just speaking to uh, the head of our uh, depository and, and bullion dealer who travels all around the globe, and he said that that's why they're all starting to get more into precious metals because of all the fluctuating currencies that are happening as a result.
2: Right. So the... Um the idea of the fluctuating currencies and just questioning um, the dollar as a part of that you know is, is something that I, I think a lot more people have woken up to um, in in the aftermath of the financial crisis, I mean not just in other countries where they have as well, but I mean also yes, because um, if you 're in a margin market country and I, I show this um, in the book you know're you're, you're in this position where as a central bank you're very much more connected to what's happening in your economy um, in terms of where you put rates versus real price inflation like real cost of like real things for like real people um, because in general the financial systems are less leveraged and so everything actually matters in terms of the cost of money and um, and protecting currencies and It's become expensive um, for some of these countries to protect their currencies in in the wake of, um, you know, this this massive force behind the U.S. dollar of the Federal Reserve being able to just sort of create money and and, and pop up um, the financial markets and the asset markets, which can't really be done uh, to that extent for economic reasons in these other countries. So you sort of develop this whole. Um, level of additional inequality and instability throughout the world because of this policy which again the fed um, refuses to acknowledge i mean other other multinational sort of central bank entities like the imf gets it the fed doesn't um and so that's a problem and so if you look at gold and silver one of the things that um actually is interesting i brought up in the book um as sort of just a byproduct of research was that in the early days of the financial crisis. Ben Bernanke, who was the chair of the Fed at the time, was addressing um, Congress, and he was talking about just the very, very early days of of, uh, quantitative easing and low rates and kind of saying that the economy was already back on track. I mean, this was like, you know, a few months in. (laughs) Um, um, But one of the things he chose to say at the time, because as I mentioned before, China was already being um, openly critical in other Uh, forums, and uh, he said at the time that the one thing that couldn't happen, and it was literally not a question he was answering, this just like came out of just just his remarks, um, that we didn't want to uh, either U.S. get into a situation where we were like China, or where we went back to the gold standard, and it was interesting because this was like a defensive uh, statement which which came out of not even a reporter's question. I mean, this was literally just him talking. Um, And it's interesting to sort of trace that with the development of of other currencies and central bank positioning, even their buying of gold um, as as a potential hedge to the dollar um, in the years that followed. So there is definitely a, a, a fear at the Federal Reserve and in the financial system in the U.S., which is pretty big, which is one of the reasons I think gold hasn't, um you know uh, appreciated um by as much as it being a potential hedge um, commodity or hedge asset should should make it um or historical you know asset of, of of storing value should make it is because um there's a real fear at the level of the fed and the financial system in the u s of losing that um you know sort of ability to control the main reserve currency in the world and therefore the global economy and and global markets with the dollar. So it's like there's there's kind of a fight on that side. And then you have these other central banks like Russia, like China, like Brazil, just, um, you know, Saudi Arabia. and So we are buying gold as as a way to potentially, um, you know, anchor themselves away from the currency risk of the dollar. So like we're in this tug of war um, going on right now, um, which is which is, again, why I think, you know, these levels, uh, for gold and silver are, are are lower right now i think because they're they're in that tug of war process but but there's but but the tug or whatever the pull is coming from the central banks and the countries that want to um challenge that um you know, sort of hegemony of the dollar and the, of, of the u.s and again that's a slow process but i think that's a process that is happening and it has been Um, instigated by the aftermath of the financial crisis and, 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 you know, the reactions to it from the U.S.
1: I want to get back to, or I want to talk to you a little bit about where you see things happening uh, in terms of, uh, you know, positive things that could happen, negative things that could happen down the road. Uh, But before we do that, since we're just on the topic of of gold and, and silver, Uh, Do you feel that that's something that's important for people? Obviously, we're seeing this growth of inequality. Um, We often talk about that there could be a transfer of wealth that occurred. If we see a pop in the bubble, for instance, do you think it's important for people to have actual physical and to have that out of the banking system? Or is that something that... Uh,
2: Yeah, I mean, I I think it's important to have just money out of the um, banking system anyway. Uh, because um you know and and, and so so hard assets are, are are a part of that, and I mean, if you're going to have gold, I think or silver, um like I have physical silver um because it it's it's just real, and obviously you want to make sure it's um you know it, it, it it's actually real and it, it has tracking figures and all of that, but I mean that it's not um you know say e t f s or anything like that because they just have more of a propensity to be uh, moved about by other forces in the market, whereas if you have something physical um it It's there, Um, so you're you're storing a physical value. Um, I think, honestly, it's the same thing with cash. I mean, I, um, you know, having talked about the savings accounts at the beginning of of the show with you, you know, I I don't see any reason whatsoever at all to have any money in a savings account at any major bank. Like, but I see a big reason to have actual money or cash on the side for liquidity purposes, just not in any of 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 the big banks um, because they're not. Well, I mean, because they're just squeezing everybody on their cash, um, whereas they stockpile their cash. So I I don't really think that's fair. Uh, So, um, so, so I think, you know, looking at any kinds of assets, it's important to have, um, whatever is possible to have outside of the financial system. Um, because I think that ultimately, um, it gives people, um, more of a ability to sort of control their assets, um, and, and, and to use their assets, um, if if they need to, whether it's, um, to exchange or, um, or if your, if your asset happens to be, you know, a house and, and not a bunch of blocks of gold or whatever it is, that you actually have something of value that, that you can use um, and that you can also um, have outside of the system.
1: Nomi, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. It was an absolute pleasure hearing your thoughts on on the economy and, and, and uh, the monetary system. The book is Collusion. The website is nomiprins.com. Uh, people can follow you at uh, nomiprins on Twitter, and uh, we hope to have you back on the show real soon.
2: Yes, yeah, thank you so
0: much. Well, again, our thanks to Nomi Prince for being part of this today. What a wonderful interview, Jeremy. It was a lot to take in, and I would sincerely hope that people would take the time to listen to it once, twice, maybe even three times, because what Nomi is talking about could in fact serve you so well. And as it relates to gold and silver, she's an owner of Precious Metals. She touched on that in the interview. And again, we want to thank her for being part of this. The phone number to call is one eight seven seven eight silver The website is guildhallwealth.com and whether it be for registered accounts, whether it be for allocated financing, which we haven't even discussed much t- today. Whether it be for taking product home or adding it to a storage account through our depository, the option for you to have gold and silver is there. We've cut down to the bare minimum and the essentials of how to get into these markets. We will support you every step of the way. Now, as I was saying, Jeremy, there's a lot that happened in that interview that Nomi talked about. What are your thoughts on what she had to say about the markets in the, in the broad sense and how they relate to gold and silver?
1: Well, I mean, there's so much to to talk about, and and we could have gone for for hours. But the fact is, is that the the central banks have conjured up all this money that it's led to to inequality, and it's also leading to strain in global relationships. Something we've talked about a lot in terms of geopolitical unrest. You know, Even today, for example, we saw, or this week, I should say, we saw that uh, Russia dumped half of its U.S. treasuries, and they're buying more and more gold all the time. They're doing it it, as a defense to protect themselves, to have some liquidity, because they're in some ways being locked out of that colluding system of, of conjuring money. But there's a limit to how much you can create out of thin air before, as we've always said on the show, before the... Before the emperor has no clothes, and we're also seeing that China is making moves against the U.S. in some ways to to not just not just protect themselves, not just because they see an opportunity, to, but because they saw what the the Fed did, and they said, "How can you not punish those banks?" I have to say, when I was reading the book, Darren, as you were mentioning too, as as you've been uh, looking at the book, that you start off by saying. Getting really angry at Jamie Dimon from J.P. Morgan, who just got fined for manipulating LIBOR, that basically we're in this new normal, this 10 years, decade long new normal of money conjuring, which has never happened before. Interest rates in the U.S. have never been this low since after World War II. There was a good reason for it back then. And all because the the Fed just did what it was mandated to do, which was backstop the banks, regardless of what their behavior was. And I don't think that... uh, I I don't want to get on my soapbox too much. But I don't think that's the society everyone wants to be living in. I think we do want to be punishing those banks, not just getting slaps on the wrist with a few $50 million fines here and there. The problem is, is that this is going to implode. It is going to be bigger this time. The bubble's bigger. That means it's a bigger fall down. And that you have to protect yourself somehow. So yes, look, you want to ask me, I own a lot more than fifteen percent of precious metals in my portfolio, and I'm comfortable with that. I use the sleep at night rule. If you are up at night because you've got too much money and because of you're worried about in your any stocks market, in any market, you have too no, much. Too if much. you're if if you're up because you're not involved, you you know you need more. and I use that with with precious metals as well. if it, if it was keeping me up at night, then I probably have too much. If I'm up at night because of other reasons, it's probably cuz I don't have enough, and I'm very comfortable with it. I think that owning physical is the best way to do it. And one of the ways one of the reasons that that I like physical so much, that I see with clients who come through the door, is you have to hold physical first. You have to make it something that's actually real. You know, you could like a car, but until you give it an actual test drive, it doesn't exist. It's not real yet. You have to feel it. You have to touch it. Maybe I'm just a kinesthetic learner, if that's how it's called. Um, But at the end of the day, we see people come to our office. They'll hold a 100-ounce bar of silver, and they say, whoa, that's heavy. And they start to realize, wait a minute, that's actual money. That's real money. This other stuff, this you know, we get phone calls from people who have millions of dollars, and they say, I've never seen my money. I know I've got $2 million in the bank, but I've never seen it. I don't even know if it exists. I know I earned it, but I've never seen it. Exactly, you have to have some physical bullion in your portfolio, and I think that a book like Nomi's, um, talking about the collusion of the banks that they just ha- sort of fell into this collusion politically, economically, that it's all going to end real bad, that uh, we need some sort of alternative, some way to protect ourselves.
0: Well, it's it's clearly evident that in this day and age, whether it's our government, whether it's the U.S. government or others around the world. We're being lied to or manipulated at least on a regular basis and it's very evident once you start delving into numbers that this happens more than any place in the financial complex and when it comes to telling you what unemployment might be or what inflation rates are unfortunately we don't see eye to eye that's to say that maybe you jeremy myself paul All of us at guildhall we don't see eye to eye with what the headline news is telling us in the u.s for example they tout that there's only a four percent unemployment rate 3.9 percent greatest in you know generations and unbelievable to think that this 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 tyrant that people want to refer to as donald trump could have created this but the truth is folks if we measured unemployment the way we did just a, a few generations ago maybe 20 years ago 30 years ago the unemployment rate would be close to 21 percent we talked about it on last week's show jeremy the same thing with inflation they're touting headline inflation in the u.s and here in canada well in control and in fact even some of the uh rhetoric was about it being too low potentially we have to find a way to raise inflation rates but if we just calculated inflation the way we did in 1980 Inflation in the US right now would be ten percent.
1: Yeah, it's it's one of those things where the, the Fed and central banks are are living in their own bubble, which is something that Danielle DiMartino Booth in her book Fed Up talks about, and we're actually going to be doing an interview with her coming up soon. And yeah, manip, you know, we disagree with the headlines. Absolutely. Ben Bernanke, incredibly manipulative. Um he was talking about just a few weeks ago that he basically was gonna say that. He said in this article, uh, he was giving a speech somewhere that there's going to be an economic collapse coming soon. And it's not because of his policies that he created as at the at, as a chairman of the Federal Reserve, but it's because of the tar- uh, not the tariffs, but because of the tax. Um, decreases that that Trump put on for business and that those are going to come due and they're going to go up again and all of a sudden everything's going to fall apart. Well, that's a very manipulative thing to say, but very convenient for him to post that onto someone else. And it's, it's got nothing to do with me being a Trump lover or hater. It's, it's just the fact that that is so expedient and easy for him to use that as an excuse. And even in the book that he talks about one thing where he says, all these central bankers called him. Well, they didn't call him, he called them, and then said that he called that they called him just because it made him look better, so you know he he wrote a whole book to make himself be another man of the year. Look he bailed out the banks he went he didn't do anything afterwards that was good for people at least I will say this at least Greenspan is going around telling people they
0: should own gold. That's something that we've battled with because Greenspan not but seven eight years ago. Was saying that it was not something that you should hold. He did not agree that gold was something that's the long term. In fact, he leaned more towards saying it was a dead old relic, like uh, um, like Bernanke, Bernanke once said. said.
1: Yeah, of the, course. The difference is, though, Darren, is that Bernanke's getting paid by giving his speeches sure. and writing his books, and you know, Greenspan's in his nineties. He he
0: can, mm. he can tell the truth now. He's got nothing to lose. Well, at the end of the day, Jeremy, when it comes down to it, I'm often reminded of somebody that I read while I was at university. His name's Arthur Schopenhauer. He was a famous German philosophy major and wrote many books about it. Yes, 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 yes. You can say all those things you want, but some things stick with you. And he said that the truth passes through three stages. He says that first, it's ridiculed. Mm-hmm. Secondly, it's violently opposed. Hmm. And then third, it's accepted as self-evident and nowhere can I think that that applies more so than to the way central banks have caused this innate change of mentality with people in the way they trust and continue to support markets that are absolutely out of their control, uh, they'll be the last out of these markets, Jeremy, and they'll be the first, last into these markets and in the, in the first out of these markets. They'll get killed hand over fist, and they will fall upon deaf ears because people will say, I told you so. But one thing we can do, folks, to prepare ourselves for that is to always have a little bit of insurance in our portfolio. One thing we can do, especially within the registered realm, is to get gold and silver into our RRSP, get it into our spousal RRSP, get it into the kids' RESP, prepare them for school. Get them ready for something at least that has value that you can sleep at night owning, and that's to have gold and silver in a registered account. We can do that through Guildhall. Hall. It's physical. If it's silver, it could be 100-ounce bars, 10-ounce bars, could be coins, could be a combination of all three, and gold, the same thing. You can get these accounts open very easily with a little bit of time. You can transfer existing RRSPs over and use the value that you've already put into those RRSPs as the purchase value for your gold and silver and we're here to help you do that. It's just a phone call away. It's one silver or over to the website, guildhallwealth.com. And while you're at that website, check things out there. There's a ton of information. There's a great blog that gets updated on the regular. It's the connection to our online e-store for those that want to set up monthly buying routines that maybe want to do a one-time purchase, whether it's small, whether it's a million dollars you're putting to the market. It doesn't make a difference to us. We handle all clients, all sizes, and we're happy to facilitate storage anywhere you want want. But we do have a fantastic option for you if you'd like to store with us. It's the Depository Account. Now, Jeremy, when we come back in the fourth segment, we're going to spend some more time highlighting the various ways we can get into these markets and how you can own gold and silver. We'll talk a little bit about what happened this week. What were some of the types of accounts we put into the market? What were their approaches? And what were the average everyday uh, people that were opening these accounts how are they adding gold and silver? We'll do that and a lot more when we come back on The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back once again to the final segment of The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. great interview today. had a lot of fun with Nomi and, again, Jeremy, the news of the week. I mean, it's just all over the place in terms of being supportive of ownership of precious metals. You had uh, Russia dumping treasuries and, again, exposing – Part of the problem that's occurring overseas that doesn't get any media play here, the fact that they're losing faith and confidence in the U.S. dollar. They're adding gold hand over fist, and you're seeing their inventories rise. And in the time that we've been open, this is not a one-off. There have been many countries that have gone from very little to a lot of holdings in their central banks. They know something's coming. They know it's going to happen. It's only a matter of time. And we want our clients to be protected, to be ahead of the curve. Yeah,
1: I think our interview with Nomi Prinz
0: put a lot of
1: that in relief this idea that countries around the globe are acquiring physical gold, one as a hedge, one because they need to do it. And, you know, in the case of Russia, they've got sanctions put on them and they need something that's going to be liquid that they can use in trade. So, um, other emerging economies are doing the same. We're, we have an upcoming interview with Terry Hanlon from Dylan Gage. He's the the president of, of Dylan Gage and works with major mints all around the globe. And this is what he's been seeing as he goes around the globe and travels that, uh, Countries are adding gold to their portfolios, and I think that they're looking at the us as as we saw in that interview with Nomi Prince. China's looking at the u s and says "Can't believe you didn't punish your your banks for for what they did. You know they're getting slight uh penalties you know uh, JP Morgan got busted on rigging LIBOR and they got hip slapped with a fine for sixty five million well that's a that's a far cry from four and a half trillion dollars on the fed's bank balance sheet. And uh, ultimately, you see these central banks acquiring physical gold as a hedge, as something that they politically need to do because we don't know where the U.S. dollar is going to be or you don't know what your relationship is going to be with the U.S. Um, next week, let alone where it is right now. So we believe that uh, as Gregory Manorino, another interview we did just a couple of weeks ago, Become your own central bank. Own some physical precious metals. It's so easy today, more than any other time, to acquire physical precious metals. It's just, you can go to guildhallpreciousmetals.com, pick the product you want, Um, lots of easy payment methods, and you can acquire your product. Come pick it up directly from our office, make an appointment. Or you can just order it online. It'll be there in a couple days. Um, store your product at a, at a independent vault facility. Very allocated product, segregated product, very easy to do. And if you want to diversify your registered account, your RSP, your TFSA, you can do that now with physical precious metals as well. All you have to do is just give us a call, go to the website, and learn more about how to do it
0: one eight seven seven eight silver or com is the website jeremy mentioned and it would seem that far more in this day and age than we've seen in the past that there is a reckoning of sorts jeremy there is definitely a hope that things will get better we don't want to predict a world in which we cannot live day to day with the expense that we have with the money that we need to survive we're not suggesting that gold and silver are the end all that says all about wealth, but we do know that there is a terminal phase occurring right now in one of the greatest debt bubbles of our global history, and many nations around the globe are experiencing a very deep economic downturn which they're trying to hide, and it 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 irks me to no end to to wake up every morning and have to experience this without any real tangible way to make a difference so when we do this show and we're talking about owning gold and silver it's not just because we think tomorrow we'll wake up and the price of gold or silver is so high that we're all wealthy from it yes that's happened in the span of 90 days between basically three months prior to 1980 and up until january of 1980 There were more millionaires made per capita in gold and silver than in any other time in history up to that point. Now, we've repeated it in other markets since that time, but what happens historically is that history repeats itself, Jeremy. We're seeing all of the exact same things happen in this day and age, but the difference is we live in an internet day and age. It can be hidden. It can be manipulated. You can have angles coming from every direction, but behind those numbers lies the truth. And the truth is people need to protect themselves. And one way to do it, one of the best, if not the best, is to own a physical asset like gold or silver. And one of the things that we've been
1: discussing, one of the first questions we asked Nomi in the the interview and this idea of what are some signs that we can look at that we know that this is occurring and you know, you think back 15 20 years you could get interest going putting your money away in the bank and maybe we'll get that again one day soon where you don't have to take any undue risk what I see happening in the market Darren is I think a lot of people are taking a lot of risk without doing much due diligence and I think that uh, anyone who has a portfolio should consider that that one day you can wake up and things change rapidly you know even Ben Bernanke himself who we've called out by the way said that there was no that subprime was contained. Janet Yellen said the same thing, and she was at ground zero of subprime. She was the head of the San Francisco Fed. I mean, ground zero was at, was Las Vegas. So, you know, bubbles can pop. They pop quick. You want to be prepared. You want to have some insurance. And there's some great opportunity there. As you said, Darren, that uh, a lot of wealth can transfer hands and that we think that it could happen in the in the precious metals market very quickly. So easy to get involved in the market, whether you do it in your RSP, whether you do a TFSA, just acquire the product, take it home. We make it very easy for our investors.
0: 1-8778-SILVER. Guildhallwealth.com is the website. Let's open our eyes, let's wake up to the reality that we live in today in this age and that is that we need to have insurance for our wealth. We need to protect ourselves. We can do that with gold and silver. We want to thank everybody for tuning in this week to The Real Money Show. It's been our pleasure to be here with you. Go to the website if you want to listen to a repeat. There you can get the podcast. You can get all kinds of information, and we hope to hear from you soon. Thanks for listening to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on Global News Radio 640 Toronto.